Welcome everyone to another exciting episode on GLC on the Light of the Southwest. Uh, I'm Eric Espatia and this is my wife Holly. Shalom. Shalom and we just are so excited to have a very special guest, actually a guest that we've been trying quite a little bit to get on the show. Uh, this isn't our first time uh, with this attempt, but coming to us live from Israel today, please welcome Steve Warp with um, Blessed by Blessed Israel. Blessed by Israel, yes, thanks. Blessed by Israel and, and the nation's ninth above. Yes, do you mind, do you mind uh, introducing your ministry and, and what brings you on the show today? Uh, there are just so many things going on in Israel right now. The, the Lord is, um, he's raising people up right and left. And he's really calling us as followers of the Messiah to engage. So our family is doing two things. You mentioned blessed by Israel. Uh, that's blessed B-U-Y Israel. And we are bringing products out of Judea and Samaria, Samaria to actually support the Jewish communities, the small farmers, the small businesses, and communities that are under threat by uh, the Arabs, by the United Nations, uh, by the EU, and even the United States, because the world says that this area, what they want to call the West Bank, it should be Jew-free. They, they do not want the Jewish community in those areas, but it's actually the very heartland of Israel. It is where about 85% of your Bible took place. So when the United, States, United Nations, the United States, and the world says they want to divide this land, they actually want to rip, tear the inheritance of the Jewish people away from them and give it to somebody else. It's a dividing the land. Right. The other thing we're involved in right now, and what I want to really speak about, is something called the nation's ninth of Av. Uh, the ninth of Av is, in Hebrew, be called Tisha B'Av. It is the ninth day of the month of Av. It is the day when both of the temples were destroyed. It is the day when the ten spies brought back a bad report. It is a day when expulsions and inquisitions and so many tragic things happen to the Jewish people. And it's a day in Zechariah 8, it talks about it's one of the, the fast days. It is a, a very solemn fast day, more than any other day of the year. Um, I talked to my Jewish friends uh, about uh, this fast, and I say, well, it's, isn't it kind of like Yom Kippur? And they say, no, because... Yom Kippur is actually a day of joy because our sins are forgiven. We're fasting, we're praying, we're seeking the Lord, but there's atonement. It's the day of atonement. The ninth of Av is also a solemn fast day, but it's a day of desolation. It's a day of destruction. It's a day where the Lord calls us to humble ourselves and be broken before him and remember. But what's wonderful is in Zechariah 8, it also says these four fast days will become seasons of joy and gladness for the Jewish people. They are future festivals. And, and the nation's ninth of Av is about engaging and making that possible. Amen. Well, thank you so much. Um, for being with us today. Um, 
I would love for if you would be willing to start us off, open this time with some prayer. I can oh, yeah. see that the Father has put a very special message in you to share. Mm. So if you would honor us uh, with prayer. Yeah. Well, thank you. Avina Malkinu, our Father, our King. Father, we just thank you that we are allowed to live in these days. Father, you are raising up the nations. You're raising up Christians, followers of Yeshua around the world to be a blessing, to be a sign, to be a testimony to Israel and the world that you are Lord, you are King. And Father, you are allowing us to be part of this wonderful work you're doing, the restoration of the land, the people, the nation of Israel. Walking together them with them, Lord, just side by side with, with our Jewish brothers and sisters to see your kingdom reestablished. We just thank you that we live in this day. Father, I just ask you to anoint this time. Let our, let our words be from your throne. Father, let us not speak our own wisdom, our own understanding. But, Father, I just ask that your spirit would flow from us and, and through us, Lord, and Father, into the hearts of those that are yearning for your kingdom, Lord. Father, awaken us, awaken your people, so Jew and Gentile, that Father, walk before you in righteousness and truth. I, I just ask this in the name of Yeshua. Amen. 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 Thank you so much. So, ninth of Av, can you give us a historic, like, summary of what taking place on the 9th of Av, just so the general audience kind of understands the depth of that day. Uh, so many tragedies happened on, on that day. The, um, well, there's actually four fasts. And, and these fasts start with the, the invasion by the Babylonians into the land of Israel. And you can go to Zechariah 8, and you can see that is the um, the 10th of Tibet is when they actually came up into the land against the walls of Jerusalem. And then the, the next fast is the 17th of Tammuz, which the 17th of Tammuz is coming up uh, July 6th. And that is when the walls of Jerusalem were breached. And then we begin with something called the Dire Straits between the 17th of Tammuz and Tisha B'Av, which is about three weeks later, 21 days. Uh, they call it the Dire Straits. It's where you, the Jewish people realize and, and sense that uh, the destruction of God's house is coming. And then on Tisha B'Av is when that the temple was destroyed, not once, but twice. And then a little while later, we, we come to, to the, uh, the third of Tishri, and that is when the righteous leadership, Gedalia, was actually murdered. So it's these four fasts are overall, it is the, the decimation of the Jewish people. It is the diaspora. And I think what I came to realize as I started reading and researching this is we sometimes blame the Jewish people. We say, well, the temple was destroyed because of idolatry. The temple was destroyed for, because of baseless love. 
Sinhat Hanim. But when I think about it, who actually tore God's house down? It was the nations. Our hands actually tore God's house down. And, and it breaks my heart because our Messiah was passionate about this house. I mean, he, he went in there. I mean, just imagine him doing that today. He, he goes into a church and he starts throwing over the tables. He starts throwing over the books. He starts driving everybody out, yelling and screaming. This is to be a house of prayer. This is my father's house. He even makes a whip. I mean, not very Christ-like, was he? Not very gentle. Because his passion and zeal for his father's house consumed him. And it should also consume us. Because the rebuilding of the third temple is not about just a Jewish thing. The rebuilding of the third temple is that all nations can come up and worship and be taught and learn. It is God's house. So I believe it's incumbent upon us Christians to also be as passionate and zealous for God's house as our Messiah is. I didn't say was, is. He is still passionate for that house because he said it shall be a house of prayer for all nations. Mm -hmm. Right. So I know, I know so many times uh, when we think about the third temple, uh, especially in, uh, in Christianity and in circles of Christianity, it's often looked at as a, as a very negative thing, yes. the ha this house, uh, because uh, it's associated with maybe the day and uh, this anti-Messiah figure is going to be in it, according to the book of Revelations. So it's, uh, it's often look at, looked at very negatively. Misunderstood. Misunderstood. Uh, how, do you, how do you answer um, your Christian brothers and sisters when they come to you with this perspective, Steve, and what you're doing? But just because somebody invades my house doesn't make it their house. Mm, that's right. Antiochus Epiphanes entered in. I mean, we, we have the whole Hanukkah story. Yes. Because Antiochus Epiphanes entered God's house and defiled it. And the Jewish people rose up and drove him out and cleansed it mm. and reestablished the worship of the God of Israel in that house. So just because somebody invades and, and sets themselves up, of course the Antichrist wants that. He doesn't want Rome. He doesn't want New York. He's not interested in Paris. He wants the throne, the place where God put his name. And we should also have a heart for the place where God put his name. We read in Zechariah, we read in, in Isaiah 2, it says that all the nations, it says all nations shall flow to it. Let me see. Now it shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and all nations shall flow to it. Many people shall come and say, come and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways and we shall walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. What a beautiful day this is going to be. 
Yes. And, and the question is, what is holding this back? What are we waiting for as the nations? That's a beautiful question. And it's very interesting how it ties into our connection with you and your family. Mm -hmm. uh, because in 2017, the father just did some amazing miracles and took mm -hmm. our family to Israel during the Feast of Sukkot, uh, along with seven other guests. And there's miracles around all of that. But it was absolutely um, from the Father. I, prior to 2017, we had been walking it with Yeshua, it, with this understanding of Torah, uh, learning to keep the Sabbath, learning to keep the feast days. We had been walking in that for eight years. And I, during that time, uh, I had encountered many people with a heart of love and passion for Israel, for the people. And they would tell us about their trips and how they want to go again. And that had not been awakened in my soul up to that point. And I never faked uh, that because I thought, you know, going to Israel, uh, it's something different. It's not just a tourist location, although I'm sure it's very special, very amazing. But I knew in my spirit that it was different. And so with that came just, okay, I'm going to trust that the Father's timing, he'll put that desire in my heart and it will be sincere. It's not going to be conjured up just because everybody else is doing it. It's going to be from him. So I had that faith and uh, Eric had the blessing in honor of going in 2016 for his first time ever for Passover. And unbeknownst to me, he said a prayer at that time as he was celebrating Passover on a rooftop in Jerusalem. And he prayed that the father would bring our whole family to Israel. And so in 2017, I'm praying, it's right before Passover. And as I'm praying and journaling, this desire, I, I feel as I look back that it was almost tangible that I could see it coming down from heaven, being put in my heart of, we have to go to Israel. Specific. Here's the specific desire. We have to go to Israel. We have to go during the Feast of Sukkot. And we have to go and be baptized in the Jordan River. And that, and that, I mean, it, that was it. That was it, though. And, and I'm thinking, how is this going to happen? But at the same time, in the spirit, it was from the Father, this overwhelming desire to go. And... Um, with that desire, he fulfilled it in beautiful, beautiful ways. Eric led us there and sacrificed so many things. Um, I will forever treasure uh, his efforts, what he did to get us there. But long story, not so short. Uh, it was during Sukkot that I had the honor of meeting your family on the streets mm -hmm as we were heading towards the hotel. 
and your wife and I had such a sweet conversation and I was really touched by her. She gave me your card and we thought that was the end of it. But the father brought our, our, our journeys back together, but tying into what you were saying and asking is what's stopping us. Uh, I, I already, even in, in our journey, that it's definitely led by the Father, and He's beginning to fulfill that, and we're seeing it little by little as He brings people to Israel, and that passion for the house of prayer coming back to that. He has been inspiring and growing that within our hearts, so it's very special to have you with us today and to help encourage. Yeah, I feel like I feel like people really want to connect with Israel. It's so easy to see the connection on the feast days. Um, but one thing our master does teach us, he says, when you fast, right? It's not mm -hmm. if you fast or if you think you should fast. It's he's, he specifically says when you when you fast, which which portray like which basically puts an emphasis on there are fast days that are very specific. And I think the house uh, are I think the church needs to connect with Israel on these days of fasting. And and that's what you're doing. I feel like that's um, that's huge uh, in uh, can you. Steve, can you go deep dive into what your what what your vision is for the ninth of Av? Oh yeah, it, it, this isn't from us, and I think people need to realize that there can't be any pride here. For two thousand years, Christianity had a veil over its face, yeah, and we we didn't see Israel. There was such a distortion of Israel. There was a replacement or a supersessionalism uh, where we believed we were Israel, we had the blessings, and the, 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 the natural sons and daughters were, were cast aside. And they almost had no hope. They had to join us. But there was a quickening in this last century when suddenly Israel was reborn. In 1948, Israel became a nation on a single day. A language that, you know, everybody talks about how Latin is a dead language. Hebrew was also a dead language. It was not growing. It wasn't, it, it was uh, stale, stagnant. And suddenly Hebrew is a vibrant language again. A land that was decimated. Now you look back at Mark Twain's writings from the 1860s. He said, I didn't see another human being for, for 10 miles. It was just, this is a God forsaken land. It is desolate. There's nothing in here. And, but when the Jewish people came back, the land came back to life. And, and I can just share one testimony. It was in 1991. I came here for the first time. And the Lord put it in my heart. I wanted to go up to, to, to Shiloh. Uh, I think we normally say Shiloh, but it's actually it's Shiloh. And so I was about 30... 30 years old and decided I'm going to drive my uh, little car, my rent-a-car, and I'm going to go find ancient Shiloh and find out where was the tabernacle. 
So I get in my car and I start driving through, which was actually kind of a crazy thing to do. It was not a, uh, it was a pretty wild country, even wilder than it is today, maybe, and uh, with the roads. And, and I got up to ancient Shiloh and I stopped and I asked a young lady. She actually pulled over, thought I was lost. And, you know, the, I, I look and there's a little like a street sign that says uh, Shiloh. And she asked me if I'm lost, do I need help? I told her, yes, I'm looking for the, where the ancient tabernacle stood. And I remember looking at me like, you crazy Gentile, what in the world are you doing out here? <laughs> and, and, and she just pointed me off into out of the hills and it was just brush and tundra. I mean, it was just, I went rocks and I'm basically crawling. I think I went maybe two or 300 yards and looking for what she was talking about, this excavation or tell, and, and there was nothing. I found nothing. I looked up on the hill. There's a, there's a few little um, uh, caravans, few houses, and a few things being built up there. Basically, there's Shiloh, ancient Shiloh. There's not there. Just a few uh, faithful Jews that had come back home to resettle this area, <laughs> and I left. And I remember thinking to myself, Lord, why did you send me up here? Why did I feel so strongly that I needed to come here and, and look for the ancient tabernacle? And it wasn't until about five or six years ago, I was standing around the same place. And I looked up on the hill and I saw a, a, a city where thousands of Jewish people live. I looked over to my left, or which would have been to the west, and there are vineyards, there are olive groves. There, I mean, and that I walked up where the tabernacle used to stand, and I, I'm going through. It's all been excavated, and so the Lord wanted me to be a witness to what He is doing. Mm, wow! So he puts things in our heart we don't understand today, but He's quickening our hearts right now. Because as his sons and daughters, he wants us to be engaged. If his face is focused on Israel, if his heart is about restoring the land, then what should we as sons and daughters be doing? What does a good son and daughter do? They help build the house. Amen. This, this is not just something that the father wants the Jewish people to do. All of his children should be inspired to be part of that. I think the problem comes sometimes when we think it's that we are in charge. Mm -hmm. Somehow Christianity is the, the lead. No, God has chosen the Jewish people. Yeshua even said, salvation is of the Jews. When he's talking to the Samaritan woman. This redemptive plan, this... Uh, testimony to the world of the God of Israel, the one God, is a privilege that he's given to his people because they have been faithful. Now, I want you to think about something. If they would have all become good Baptists or Methodists or Episcopalians or whatever, would they have had a heart to go back and restore their land? They would have forgotten the Jewish people have been faithful to the covenant and promises of God for 2,000 years. They have suffered. They've been persecuted. 
They, and even by us as Christians, uh, you go through programs, you go, you go through the Inquisitions, the Crusades, and, and culminating in the Holocaust. And all these things were done by the hands of Christians. All these things were done in the name of Yeshua, Jesus, the Christ. And it just breaks my heart because I realize how I've taken his name in vain, how I've decimated his name to the Jewish people and to the world because I persecuted his firstborn son. But today, the Lord is saying, you know, what does what Teshuvah mean? You know, repentance. Teshuvah is not saying I'm sorry. Teshuvah is changing directions. Teshuvah is to, to turn back. And this is what I believe God is calling us to, is to turn back to the ancient paths, to turn back to the Lord, to turn back and recognize our brothers, that, that firstborn son of God, not with jealousy, not with uh, a, a way that we think we are um, somehow better than them or we're wiser than them, but a, as a fellow brother, as a, as a fellow uh, advocate and traveler, we, we are on a journey uh, together with the Lord. And so God is rebuilding this relationship and we each have our part. Yeah. I remember when I was real and on more than one occasion and just conversation with uh, the, the local people, they, they were just like, you need to come, come and be here. You, Mashiach won't come until you get here, right? <laughs> like like they, there's this understanding that they want us to be involved. They want us to be there. Um, you know, the question is, is, what does that look like? How, how do we get involved? How can we, you know, of course, you know, as a Gentile, I can't go and, and do Aliyah, uh, but how can I be there? And, and, and what you're doing right now with, with your ministry and, uh, and I, and I would, and I hope you take a little bit of time to kind of explain, uh, a little bit about the tour. I, it, it may be, it may, uh, you know, be sold out as far as spots go. And, you know, it's only in a few, few, few weeks here, but, um, but what you're doing and, and the amount of people who are involved with what you're doing, um, can you tell our audience how, how they can support and be a part of this fulfillment of prophecy in, 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 in helping to rebuild the house, how to rebuild the bridges, how do we fast together? How do we, how, you know, how do we celebrate together? I, I want to go to the background right now on, on the 9th of Av, Tisha B'Av. Perfect. Because we, we look a little bit and, and we talk about that fast. And for the Jewish people, I, I said this is a, a very solemn fast. It's, it's so solemn that they sit on the floor at the beginning. They, they, they're not even allowed to read scripture. The, the only scriptures they're allowed to read are Lamentations and Job and some of the, 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 the dirges from Jeremiah. And the reason they do that is because scripture brings hope. It's full of life. It, it brings joy. And they say, no, we need to stop 
and this is the time of repentance, a time of reflection. So many times that the Lord says to remember, remember, remember. And it's something that we as Christians need to stop. And we also need to remember. We need to remember the, the sins of our forefathers, the things that were, we've committed uh, to disgrace his name, to, to drive the Jewish people away, to, to put a wedge between us, that we have misused his word in many aspects. And so it's a time that I believe we also need to stop and, and repent. But we need to understand something. We don't fast and pray to stay down in a pit. We fast and we pray that we may be transformed, that our minds might be renewed, that we will change directions and we will do something different. Mm -hmm. so, so the nation's ninth above, we are taking responsibility for the past to change the future. And, and what do I mean by that? It says that the fast of the fourth month, and I'm, I'm going back to, uh, to Zechariah 8, it says, Adonai Tzeva'ot says, the fast of the fourth month, the fifth, the fast of the seventh, and the fast of the tenth shall be joy and gladness and cheerful festivals for the house of Judah. Therefore, love, truth, and peace. Somehow these are going to be transformed. What is going to transform them? It says, thus says the Lord of hosts, Adonai Tzeva'ot, peoples shall yet come, inhabitants of many cities. The inhabitants of one city shall go to another and say, let us continue to go and pray before the Lord. And seek the Lord of hosts. I myself will go also. Yes, many people and strong nations shall come to seek the Lord of hosts in Jerusalem and to pray before the Lord. So the first thing that happens is the nations, we, and I believe he is speaking specifically of those that love him. We as Christians, we as followers of Yeshua, will turn our faces back to Jerusalem. Yes. We will understand that the throne of God, that the war that's going on around us right now is for the very throne and house of God, the thing that Yeshua was so passionate for the place where Anna was night and day praying, waiting for the for the Messiah to come. Where Simeon, you know, we we look when Yeshua was born, when they when they brought brought him to the temple, how joyous Anna was. The, the prophecies, where were they? They were in God's house. This was a focal point then. It's a focal point for the future. So my prayer is. There are a lot of things that ministries need to do. We need to take care of the poor. We need to take care of the fatherless, the widows. We need to, to help break people out of bondage and see people set free. There are many aspects that, that we as his people should be involved in. Mm -hmm. But there's one thing we've forgotten, and that's Jerusalem. That is Jerusalem, the very throne. What unites a people is a common vision. And that common vision has to be in agreement with the Lord. And if his focus is once again on Israel and, and Jerusalem, that's where our focus needs to be. Yes. Yep. We need to walk together with one in one accord. 
But what changes after that? You see, that's the first part. I think that we just had the Isaiah 62 fast where I think it was like 5 million Christians around the world turned and faced and prayed for Jerusalem. Some with knowledge, some without, but all of us were facing Jerusalem. That's never happened before. Wow. This is a move of God that all these different denominations and people and philosophies and doctrinal positions all faced Jerusalem and prayed for her. That's Zechariah 8 starting to come true. What's the next step? Thus says Adonai Tzavah, in those days, 10 men from every language of the nation shall grasp the, the garment or the tzitzit of a Jewish man and say, let us go with you, for we have heard that God is with you. When we grasp the Jewish people and we speak these words over them, we are fulfilling prophecy. The, the Jewish, God can't fulfill this prophecy. Yeshua can't fulfill this prophecy. The Jewish people can't fulfill it. The only people that can fulfill this is us. And we need to grab hold of these prophecies that are given to us. I read Isaiah 2. We can go to Isaiah 62. We can go to so many different places where it talks about the nations going to Jerusalem. And we need to do it. We need to get engaged. And, and I can tell you something. When, when I have my Jewish friends here, when I start speaking these things over them, when I start coming in agreement with God's word, it changes relationships. <laughs> because suddenly, we are walking in one accord. We have so much in common. Our visions, our dreams, our yearnings for the kingdom of God, the, the, the Messiah that sit on the throne, the son of David, the peace throughout the world, the presence of God once again, his glory dwelling in Zion and all nations coming up and being taught. This is the Jewish heart too. The rebuilding of the third temple isn't a Jewish thing. It is a whole world thing. And I believe when it talks about the fullness of the nations, it says that, that the fullness, of, and I'm talking about in, uh, in the New Testament, what is that fullness of the nations? It is not a magic number. It's not God sitting up there with a bean counter trying to, trying to get the, the magic number of people in. It is when we grow up and take our place. And then comes the redemption. The redemption of all Israel. And the redemption of the whole world. So are you saying the fullness of the Gentiles uh, in more of uh, maturing, the fullness of maturity? Yeah. That ready? We, we need to grow up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We need to grow up and accept our place. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The, the, the God has two for firstborn sons. He has the Messiah. He also has Israel. We need to recognize both. Yeah. Right. And this is part of that grabbing hold of the tzitzit or the Jewish people and saying God is with you. And so practically speaking, uh, can you elaborate on the 
trip you're taking and what you're doing? Yeah, they, they, well, we're doing two things. Um, we're doing a tour, which is, it's a different tour than any other tour that I've ever seen. Uh, because the tour is not about going sightseeing and seeing where things happen. We will be going to all the important places throughout Judea and Samaria, but it, it's not about the past. Uh -huh. we, we don't go to Hebron because of the past. We, we go to Hebron, the, the tomb of the patriarchs, the, the, where King David, his first rule, what was in Hebron for the first seven years, we go there because of the future. Why, why do we go to Jerusalem? Because of the future. Why do we go up into Judea and Samaria? Because this is the future. And we want people to, to see and taste the future, but it's not a place. That, like I said before, this land was desolate until the Jewish people came home. The land is alive because God's people are being married to the land. It's no longer desolate. And so our tour is about meeting the people. We, we, will, we will start it off with a, with a, one, with a wonderful rabbi uh, taking us through Jerusalem for about four hours. We will sit there and we will join the Jewish people on Tisha B'Av. We'll join them in the park and we'll be fasting and praying with them. And we will march around the walls of Jerusalem wow. uh, with the Jewish community. The next morning, we will get up, and that, that's till about midnight. We will be back at the Temple Mount at about six o'clock in the morning to join R Rabbi Yehudi Glick. He will take us up onto the Temple Mount and, and give us a tour. We will descend, and we will go to the southern steps of the Temple, where we will be. We will be all fasting and praying and joining the Jewish people. But what's different about our fasting and praying, this is not a time to hug the Jewish people or anything like that. This is a time that we reflect on our failures. This is a time we reflect for our sins. This is a time that we get our lives back and right before the Lord. So after we spend about four hours there, we, we will take a, a little break and we will go to Christ Church where we will break the fast uh, uh, together and pray and seek the Lord. And then we will have some time of worship and then starts the rest of the tour. At that point, we will be going out into Judea and Samaria and meeting people. So from shepherds to rabbis to government officials, to throughout Hebron, to Machpelah, up to uh, Shechem, or, or the Mount of Blessing, Joshua's altar, uh, and Itamar. Itamar was one of um, Aaron's sons. We'll be going into ancient Shiloh, the tavern. So it's, but every place we go, it'll be about meeting people. And we will end that celebration with something we're calling the restores the breach. We will have about a hundred different people from the Jewish and uh, Christian communities coming together for a, for a banquet dinner, and we will be recognizing uh, a, a Jewish, uh, somebody from the Jewish community, somebody from the Christian community, for the works they're doing at repairing and restoring the breach between our two communities. 
building bridges, restoring this relationship. And I think that is God's heart. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The, the whole, all of scripture, whether you start from Genesis to the end of Revelation, is all about relationships. It's about broken relationships and restored relationships. If you go back to Adam and Eve, the relationship between God and Adam was broken, between Adam and Eve was broken, between Cain and Abel was broken, you know, between Esau and Jacob was broken, Yitzhak and Ishmael. There's all these broken relationships. So what is God's heart? Why, why didn't Messiah come? To restore relationship between us and him and us and one another. This was Yeshua's last prayer that we would all be one. So, so yeah. this maturing is actually starting to live out the promises of God and, and knowing the heart of God. There's another thing that, that, that I, I pray many of you will join, and that is on Tisha B'Av, on July 26th and 27th, we will be having a 27 hours of fasting and prayer. And you'll just go to 9-AV, 9thabob.com, and click on, and we're going to be having three-hour watches. And you can join us. You will join us. We will be live streaming from the Temple Mount. We'll be live streaming as we march around the walls. We'll be live streaming as we prayer, pray, as, as we worship, as we break the fast. And we want you to come and be a part of what God is doing. This isn't something I'm doing. This isn't something the Jewish people, this is a movement of God. This is his spirit. Wonderful. So is the actual tour, are all of them filled up? Uh, if people really want to go, just shoot me an email and we'll, we'll figure something out. So we, we have about 25, 27 people right now. Um, we do have some slots open, but I would take 100. Quite frankly, I will take as many people as I can. <laughs> okay. Yeah, because I really believe this. If, if people want to go, the Lord will make a way. Yes. The Amen. door has to be open. Because yes. this is a call for all the nations. Mm -hmm. And please, if you can't go on the tour, please join us in, in fasting and prayer. Join the Jewish people. Face Jerusalem. Grab hold of the garment of Messiah. And then claim over the Jewish people, God is with you. Yeah. yeah. I appreciate the emphasis on joining them, uh, on also repenting ourselves for how we have hurt the body of Messiah uh, over the centuries, our forefathers, uh, and doing our part to restore that by repenting, by praying. And, and this specific day, joining with them. And um, I think, you know, in marriage, in community, uh, we talk about how we laugh together, we pray together, we get sick together, we cry together. And I think as we're on the precipice of Mashiach returning and this time of celebration and joy, that to not forget to you join with his people right now, cry with them, repent with yeah. them, take these steps, be with them in community as much as we can. So yeah. thank you for what you're doing. You just, you just nailed it. 
you just nailed it because and and i think the lord has been doing this for many years We, we we are really good at going to parties i mean if you had a party at your house everybody would come Yep. Yeah, so we're really going, we go to Sukkot, we do, we do a parade, we throw a party, we have fun, we dance, we sing, we play music. It is a blast. We go for Passover, we have a wonderful sit down meal, we have a celebration. I mean, it's just such a beautiful time to be in the land of Israel. We, we go for Shavuot and we're praying and that, you know, just worshiping and just yearning for God to pour out his spirit once again on us. And so we're, we're kind of joining the Jewish people. We're in Israel. But to come and fast and pray, to come on a very solemn day and to join them. I mean, let me ask you something. Your closest friends, everybody will come to a party. But when you're hurting and you're down and you're weeping and, and your heart is rent, the people that come and sit with you then, are the ones that are really close to you. Right. When the Jewish people sit Shiva, when, when somebody passes away, it's those people that come and sit with them and remember the, their, their losses. That's the heartstring. And the Jewish people, from what I've seen, they're, they're kind of shocked at what's going on now. Mm-hmm. They say, we understand you're coming here to have a good time. You celebrate you know, Christianity and all the sites and everything else. But now you're coming to join us in our most solemn moments in the times where we hear it the most, where we're remembering our failures. And you are not remembering our failures. You're coming and crying and weeping over your failures. This brings healing. This brings honor. It brings honor to, to, to them, it brings honor to us, it brings honor to the Lord. And it's knitting those hearts together in a common place. And, and I remember, I think it was last it, it was last year. It was the first time we, we did the, the walls march. And I was talking to a, a young lady, Nellie, uh, who, who's actually in charge of it and leading it. And I'd been talking to her months that we were gonna bring our tour group, we we're gonna join them going to be an independence park. And uh, it was just, we couldn't wait to be part of it. So I got there and I met Nellie and, and I just, and that's when I shared with her, I said, we're actually a, a Christian group that wants to come and fast and, and pray and be part of what you're doing. And I just saw, it was almost like a, va- it was like just a mass. You just, came over her face and I, and I just thought, oh Lord, I blew it. I should have told her who we were. I should have bought more up front. I didn't even think about it. Um, you know, I just felt that she was very, very offended. And about 10, 15 minutes later, she came back with a smile. And she told me, Steve, your group needs to sit over here. This is where they're gonna be doing lamentations. If you're gonna video, this is the best place to be. She treated me like just royalty. She just, it touched her heart so deeply that she didn't know how to react. And, and we have been just talking back and forth 
ever since that point. And she's excited to have us there because wow. we, she realized wow. that, that we are coming to honor her. And another good friend of mine, Eliyahu Berkowitz, and we were sitting here chatting about us coming and fasting and praying. And he said, I love it. This is so awesome. Because if you guys will come and fast and pray, I don't have to do this anymore. <laughs> and that is the truth. Us coming and fulfilling our part, living out prophecy, living out God's word, changes these days from sadness and mourning to seasons of joy and happiness. So, so I just challenge all of all of everybody that follows Yeshua, everybody that loves the Lord, to come and join and be a part of this. You may not be able to come and walk through Jerusalem with us. You may not be able to come and, and go down into Judea and Samaria, but you can fast and pray because that's power. Because the Lord knows the hearts of his people. And when we start churning as one people facing Jerusalem, praying and, and fasting and yearning for his presence and yearning for, for his glory to be restored, that his house would be restored, that all nations can come up and worship and be the, the word of the Lord from Jerusalem, the, the Torah from Mount Zion. I mean, when will this happen? That's my question. When are you ready? When are we ready? It's up to us. Amen. Amen. Yeah, no, it just when when you're I think you hit you touched a lot. When we live in community together, you have a your church, it's inevitable that we hurt each other. Right. It's inevitable that we misunderstand each other. Um, and I in our flesh, our our Yetzirhara, our flesh is that we we just want to ignore it. We don't want to confront it. We don't want to say we're sorry. You know, like when you're asking kids to go to say you're sorry and they don't want to do it. It's so tough. Um, and that's part of the maturing of us as a, a Gentile to to say, hey, we've we've misunderstood. We yeah. we've been hurt. Uh, we want we want to stay in community. Uh, because we love each other, right? It's the it's time. We're all part of the tree. We're grafted in, and we want to support. And can we can we rise to the occasion of maturity and join in um, in these beautiful fast days? I love what you're doing, Steve. It's just uh, uh, this whole tour is exciting, and um, if you're if you've been inspired. And uh, and you want to join in? I, I get get onto the ninthofav.com, sign up, uh, watch when they're gonna live stream, and join in the fast, join in the praying, and 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 just be there uh, in support of our of Israel, in support of our Messiah. Uh, he is Jewish, uh, and his heart is for Israel. His heart is for the temple, and his heart mm -hmm. is for his father is the Torah and the commandments. Um, I hope that you've been inspired by this show and that, uh, that you will make a, make a conscience, a conscious effort to, to join in. Amen. Uh, you talked about 
Shiloh, how the father took you there and mm. how you got nothing. Um, I was reading the other day in Amos, and I'll share that verse from Amos 9, 11. In that day, I will raise up the fallen booth of David and wall up its breaches. I will also raise up its ruins and rebuild it as in the days of old. So I just pray for you and your family, for all those who will be joining you, and for our viewers that each one of us would be a part of fulfilling the word of the Lord in rebuilding and repairing and restoring so Amen. that David HaMelech <laughs> can return and be rule and reign in his rightful place. Amen. Thank you so much to all of our viewers. Thank you so much, Mr. Ward, for joining us and sharing this powerful message and uh what you're doing thank you thank you thank you for giving me the honor i mean it's it's an honor to speak uh and share what the lord has, has given me to, as as you well know i mean we all have a place and i'm just so thankful for god's learning channel and you taking your place uh, i'm excited to, to see people uh, joining us uh, please don't forget there are those dire straits coming up. And if you go to our website, you can sign up for those 21 days between the 17th of Tammuz and Tisha B'Av. We will be sending out a prayer point every day to prepare our hearts for Tisha B'Av, walking with the Jewish people into that time together. Amen. If you've enjoyed uh, the uh, program, please like, share, uh, subscribe, and uh, join in the GLC community uh, by, by signing up on YouTube, sharing our videos, if you see it on Facebook, whatever media you're watching us, please like and share. Uh, we are supported by all of our listeners, and we thank you so much for the tremendous blessing that you and the honor you've given us to be a part of this show and to be a part of your lives. We hope to see you again soon.